cannot tell you how happy I am to be recording a podcast right now. I'm back. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Wholehearted Health Podcast. I'm your host, Elsie Seberg. And on this show, we are going to chat all things nutrition, mindset, and fitness to help you find your balance in your health journey and feel the most confident and free by making sense of one topic at a time. Oh my gosh, you guys, I cannot tell you how happy I am to be recording a podcast right now. I'm back. I lost my voice for like over a week. And so I was really on pause recording anything. And I have so much just like overflowing that I want to talk about um, topics that came up. And today is going to be a bit of a like a Q&A style. So the first few questions are actually from current clients that were either training clients Uh, macro consult clients, nutrition clients, clients in my one-on-one program. And I just thought it was something relevant enough that it would apply to the general public and you guys who are my loyal, amazing listeners. So when we jump into it, I will kind of tell you where the question came from. And if you have a question that you want answered and you feel like it would be something that would apply, even if it's personal or it would apply to others, I would happily answer those. So I'm going to put a question box in the description description here. So if you are listening and you're like, I have a question, Elsie, please give me some feedback. I would happily do that. Uh, Go ahead and leave that question below and let's jump in. So the first question did come from a client who is in my training plan. She's in my app and she was asking me, do you suggest that people do whatever cardio they want? Like, what do you recommend and when? And that's a really good question because as you know, I am a huge advocate for strength training. Like that, it should be our foundation. However, cardio is not the enemy. I just don't recommend that most people for the goals that they have for body recomposition, muscle gain, even fat loss. But if you're like in a reverse diet, we don't want to overdo our energy expenditure. Cardio does have a place. And I feel like I've done some touching on this topic, but really it can hinder recovery from our lifts. Like we don't want to make that our foundation. So while having a lifestyle amount, like especially if you're at maintenance, doing some cardio that you enjoy doing and that's easy to maintain for you is totally fine. I would always recommend that you do it post lift. So maybe that's a cool down uh, incline walk, maybe post legs, like you want to get spicy and do a little bit on the Stairmaster, but like, we're not going to find any real benefits from killing ourselves with cardio. We know that our bodies are adaptive. So if you do 30 minutes on the elliptical every single day, eventually your body gets better at that 30 minutes of elliptical. You're burning fewer calories. Therefore, it just has diminishing returns over time. So if you're at maintenance and you're doing a ton of cardio and let's say you eventually want to go into a deficit or really focus on fat loss, you don't want to have your maintenance cardio be really high. That's the same goes for steps. You want to have a place to tap into where you could potentially increase that if you needed to. So I don't recommend that people just willy nilly do a ton of cardio all the time. And if you're in a spot where you are doing a ton of cardio, I would recommend tapering off a little bit, especially if you're in a reverse diet. I think that's one of the follow-up questions here, so I won't get into that. But really, I recommend that you keep it minimum at maintenance. 
just enough for heart health, just enough that you enjoy. If you want to go on walks, like there are endless benefits to walking. Listen to the uh, walking episode that I did. You guys know I am like the walking girl. Like I am obsessed with taking my daily walks, um, but we don't want to overdo it. Like there is diminishing returns. So no, not willy-nilly cardio, but I would say if you're if you're going to do any cardio or if cardio is in your plan, let's say you're training or you're just, you have something and you're in a deficit and you're utilizing that for extra energy expenditure, I would do it post lift or separate from your workout. Prioritize your strength training, number one. That's where we want to put most of our energy into. And this is a second kind of complimentary follow-up question. If I want to tone up, but I'm starting the process of a reverse diet, how do I go about lowering cardio if I'm already doing five days a week of cardio? So this is a little bit tricky because the goal here, like I said, is to get to a place where we're doing like a lifestyle amount of sustainable activity, but just mostly lifting. The goal here is to optimize your maintenance intake so that when you do want to focus on fat loss again, you've built up your metabolism to be responsive. And like I said, you have a place to dip into. So that means at maintenance, we want to minimize cardio, especially if you're going into a reverse, that's going to be part of that is lowering expenditure and increasing your intake to kind of rev up your metabolic rate. Think if you are going to do an amount that is lifestyle, I want you to think like a warm up incline walk on the treadmill, maybe it's a 30 minute walk per day, lifestyle steps. Um, this is going to be different for everybody. If you're neat, let's say for your job um, or just like running around after kids, et cetera, is high, you may have a higher lifestyle need. That's not a bad thing. If you're like constantly feeling like I need to take five walks a day and that's not part of your job, that's just you wanting to burn calories, that's when it's considered, it's not even considered neat because you're doing it intentionally. Let's say here the goal is to get to a place where you're doing it just as part of your normal routine or it's a part of you just going about your da daily life but it's not with the mindset of like, I'm gonna expend extra energy. Um, so we're either adjusting food, bringing food up, or lowering cardio. There's not necessarily a magic number when it comes to, I would say if you're in a reverse, you're obviously increasing your calories by 50 to 100 calories weekly or bi-weekly, typically, that's what it looks like. You are going to be adjusting food or lowering cardio. I wouldn't do them both at the same time. Maybe you can alternate weeks. Um, maybe you start just by tapering off. If you're really hungry, bring food up first and then taper off cardio or do it vice versa, or you can alternate weeks. Um, in terms of lowering your cardio, I would say lower it maybe by 10 minutes a week or by 15 minutes a week. If you are having really bad biofeedback and you need to cut your cardio like in half, Let's say you're doing 45 minutes, maybe you bring it down to 20 minutes a day or 25 minutes a day, and then you bring it down to 10 or 15. I, I wouldn't stress over the exact science of it. Just know that like it's the same concept as bringing food up. You want to do it incrementally. You want to give your body a little bit of time to adapt in between those adjustments. Next question came from a nutrition client. So if fat loss is the goal, is focusing on protein and calories enough? Should I intentionally cut carbs? So this is a two-part answer because it's a two-part question. First part, I would say protein and calories are absolutely enough. Yes, like you can see great progress by just prioritizing hitting your protein and your calorie goals. However, we do need carbs. I guess this is kind of all tied in. 
yes, we need carbs for so many things though. Like we don't want to just focus on protein and calories and be unintentionally going low carb because many women I think do this where they avoid carbs, whether it's subconsciously or they think carbs are like going to inhibit fat loss. We need carbs for so many reasons. So I would say, yes, focus on your protein and calories, but still make sure that you are building a balanced plate. So if your carbs and fats are skewed and like maybe one day is way off, that's okay. Not going to be detrimental to your progress. If you're consistent with your calories and protein, you're going to be just fine. You probably won't even feel the difference. However, if you're going extremely low carb and that's just kind of your tendency, I would also try to keep yourself consistent with getting in range with your carbs. This, I guess, is dependent. If you're in a deficit, especially, you're going to need those carbs for recovery. So that's when it maybe is a little bit more important for you to be focusing on hitting all three macros because they all have their own purpose. If you're at maintenance, it's a little bit more flexible. You have enough calories overall. Your recovery is probably not suffering. Your hormones are probably not suffering. But if you're in a fat loss phase where your calories are already in a deficit, it may be a little bit more important to just be mindful of it. Um, However, small discrepancies, like remember guys, we are the sum of what we do most of the time. So if we are not being perfect with all three macronutrients, it's not the end of the world. But I will say they do all serve their purpose. And so having a balance of each is important. So those macros are there for a reason. But at the end of the day, if you know, okay, carbs and fats are off today, try to hit your protein and your calories within reason and don't stress about it. This next question came from someone in my Instagram DMs and it was about increasing food, but finding that they were having a hard time hitting their calories and specifically their carbs in a reverse diet. So overall, they were feeling a little bit better, but they were finding that digestion was suffering a little bit and they were feeling like bloated. So this is common and this struggle usually happens because we are so trained when we live, let's say in a deficit or we're under eating or we're kind of in that like less is more mindset with food, we tend to rely on high volume. And while that really is beneficial in some cases, if you are overeating calories, more volume can help you feel fuller. But when we're in a reverse diet and we're trying to get our food back up, we cannot overdo volume because it's going to hinder digestion And that can hinder nutrient absorption. You're going to feel bloated. You're going to feel icky. So what I would recommend managing your carbs and calories is make food swaps. So when I say food volume, I'm talking about huge salad where you're having a ton of volume, not very many calories versus let's say a sweet potato with maybe a side of some sort of like peppers and ground beef where those two meals are going to have very different calorie breakdowns and the amount of volume they're taking up in your stomach. So if you're able to swap out some of those higher volume things where you're not going to be able to rely on just vegetables for your carbs anymore, you're going to need to incorporate things like white rice or like maybe some English muffins or bagels, you know, maybe you're incorporating some of those things that you had off limits for a long time, and you're going to take stress off of your digestion. Now, I do recommend that we don't want to abuse like, I'm just going to get all my carbs from processed foods now because I want to try to save on volume. You can easily just lower fiber content 
and still get lots of carbs from things like potatoes and fruit and honey and still whole food sources. So while it's totally okay to get some of your carbs from English muffins and bagels, and if you are making fun of my Minnesota accent the way I say bagels, I'm sorry. All of my friends here make fun of me for that, but I digress. You want to make sure that you're not overdoing volume when you're trying to increase carbs because there is a point where you're just going to not have any more room in your stomach and it's going to be uncomfortable. So while it's going to sometimes happen where you just get full because you are increasing food, that's part of the process. If you can master changing up your meals a little bit or maybe making the swap where maybe before you were doing a ton of oatmeal and now with the amount of carbs you're trying to hit those oats are just like almost too much or maybe you were adding in like oh my god I used to do like cauliflower rice in my oats and like all this volume and I started to back off of that and my digestion was so much better my hunger cues were so much better And my relationship with food, honestly, started to just get so much better when I wasn't abusing food volume and I stopped fearing foods with more calories. And in things like more fats, if you are struggling with an extreme amount of carbs, ask your coach or or if you're manipulating your own macros, maybe start to add in a little bit more fats. That can really aid in digestion if your fats are too low. Sometimes we can have those digestive issues. So opt for more fat sources that are going to be really awesome on digestion anti-inflammatory, great for hormones, and really low volume. Because you know fats, things like coconut oil, or if you're doing nut butters, or if you're doing like fattier cuts of meats, those things aren't as filling, but they're satiating, and they're easier to get more calories in without feeling like stuffed to the brim. So just monitor your food volume. That's the big biggest tip in a reverse, for not feeling overly full or uncomfortable. And of course, I can't leave you without a little bit of mindset as well. So this last question is from another Instagram DM. Shout out to my girl, Emma. She was so sweet. She said, hey, I just started following your content is helping me get my relationship with food back. And she said she used to label food good or bad. So she said, I just don't want to go back to my old ways. I'm looking on advice on how to control that. So her old ways being labeling food good or bad. She said, yeah, it was all or nothing. I would overeat on bad food. So my advice to Emma and to anybody who is maybe on the up or maybe you're still in that spot where you are labeling food good or bad or you are in that kind of restrictive cycle where those foods that are off limits are really appealing and you find that if you have one let's say cookie or one scoop of ice cream or anything like that that's off limits, you go crazy. You overeat on it. You binge on it. How do you avoid that cycle or how do you break that cycle? So this is obviously a pretty deep issue. However, number one, remove the rules. We have to remove that black and white thinking that food is somehow morally good or bad. If we neutralize our viewpoint of food, and stop labeling things as bad, when we place that restriction, restriction on anything, it creates this fixation. So those foods are literally more appealing to you simply because you're telling yourself you can't have them. So then when you do get them, it's this last meal mindset of I'm gonna eat all of this right now because I'm gonna be better tomorrow, because I'm gonna start over, I'm not gonna have, I'm never gonna buy ice cream again. And it perpetuates that toxic relationship with food where you just feel so guilty, you feel so ashamed, you feel like you have no self-control. And really it's coming down to that all or nothing mentality with the foods that you're allowing or not allowing. 
So number one tip to Emma and number one tip to anybody who's struggling with this cycle, because I was there for so long and I get it. It is terrible and it's so hard. First thing you have to do is start allowing those foods, allowing them. And that means, yes, keeping them in the house. Maybe it's in small doses at first. Maybe you start buying like the individual serving packages of Pop-Tarts or something like that, where you can start to just dip your toes in and you balance them out. You have them with a meal. You sit there, you taste it, you enjoy it. You place it, you know, in a normal setting. Normalize those foods and they will become less appealing. So it's really important to note as well that when we have those feelings of being out of control around food, maybe we're overindulging, maybe we can label it as a binge, uh, but we're just overeating, maybe we're eating past fullness. Those things are oftentimes stemming from the behaviors of restriction. Maybe you're fasting way too long. Maybe you're just restricting calories in general. Maybe you're restricting carbs. Our body doesn't really care If we're doing those things, those restrictive behaviors, or we're just labeling food good or bad, simple as that, that's going to trigger that scarcity in our mind for our body to say, oh my gosh, food is scarce. Like, let's go crazy on it. So restriction creates the fixation. And if we remove the restrictive behaviors, if we stop fasting too long, if we start actually honoring our hunger and stop trying to push off eating as long as possible, or stop trying to restrict all carbs, or stop trying to eat as little as possible, those things will stop happening. The overeating episodes will stop happening because our body's no longer in that survival response. So In order to not go back to that place of feeling out of control with food, we have to continue to do the things that we know are just foundationally going to like support and nourish our body. So eating regularly, eating balanced meals, eating enough, allowing foods, um, making peace with food essentially. So that was my advice to her. That's my advice to you. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this Q&A episode. Like I said, if you have questions at all, I would love to answer them. And if you enjoyed this type of episode, let me know. DM me on Instagram, share it on your story, share it with a friend. I would love to continue doing these. This was super fun. And it's just kind of feels like a little bit more conversational, which I enjoy because y'all know I love to talk. So thank you for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.